going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Journal podcast this week for the Valspar Championship. Not as usual. Uh, Tyler could not make it this week. He decided never to be on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast again after last week. And what happened? No, I'm kidding. He's flying back from Denver right now after winning 150K in the Fantasy Basketball World Championship. So make sure everyone go out, give a shout out to Tyler. Uh, he'll be back next week. But this week, our resident fill-in, Mr. Ryan Barrow from the Golflandia podcast. Ryan, what is up, my friend? How are you? I'm good, man. Happy to be back. Um Kind of wish uh, we had a week off or two or three, but uh, we're going right back at it for Valspar Week. Yeah, I do have to say, first off, before we get the pod started, we do know that this pod is sponsored by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com, uh, use promo code MMN. Get yourself a matching deposit bonus for up to $100. I love that site just because it's so easy to use. I hate new things. You know what I'm saying? But like the interface, the way you can pick and choose your your guys, who you want to go low, who you want to go high, very, very easy, even for an old head like me. So go over to prizepicks.com, get yourself a little bonus, and win some motherfucking money. Um, Yeah, I agree with you 100% there, Ryan. I mean, I could use a fucking break uh, right now just because, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just we've had these elevated events that have been so strong. You know what I'm saying? And like a bunch, like like four of the last like six weeks or something like that, three of the last five weeks. Uh, and now we get to this event and it's sort of, I don't know. I, it just doesn't, doesn't it's, get my it's, juices. So full, it's, right? a, it's honestly, you know, it's a drop stronger of a feel than I expected, right. Yeah. With everything going on, you get Spieth here and JT and Fitz. So there's some guys here, but um, yeah, interesting. I, I think, you know, we'll talk about it, but uh, everyone's going to just bet a bunch of mid range guys that kind of, plug your nose numbers and try and get lucky this week. Yeah, that's usually the way it is. But let's talk about last week, the Players' Championship, a.k.a. the fifth major, probably not going to be ever called that again uh, without the guys over at Live, And then uh, just the way they, they're doing all these elevated events, like every event could be like a fifth major because yeah. there's so many good golfers uh, playing each week in these elevated events. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a fun tournament to watch. It's always a great tournament to watch. It was you know, the first couple of days, a little windy, uh, and and then, you know, Saturday, I don't know what happened. I guess they had a little bit of rain uh, on Saturday, and yep. people were just pin hunting, uh, except for my golfers that I <laughs> rostered. Those yep. guys all sucked. But everybody else, pin hunting, going low on Saturday, and then Scheffler, looking sort of human in the first, like, five or six holes on Sunday – uh, with, you know, a couple of guys making moves like Hideki, Homa, Hovland even got to minus 10. Yep. Uh, you know, Min Wu was up there, tied him. Uh, you know, and then, you know, when when Sheffler had made that bogey, I think Min Wu had a triple. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of, you know, did, that didn't help. And then, you know, he put the he put the he put the 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 pedal to the metal uh, <laughs> from eight to 13 or eight to 12, burning five straight to just knock the tournament off and get that victory. What'd you think of the event? Yeah. I mean, I think what's really interesting with Scheffler um, and it makes him unlike Rom and unlike Rory is that uh, he can beat you with every part of his game, right? Like, you know, Rory's going to beat you off the tee and probably with putting Rom is going to beat you with putting and driving pretty similarly. Uh, Scotty, he does it all. He's a super, uh, super underrated iron player, uh, super underrated wedge player, which you see, I mean, he hit so many shots from like, 120 yards to two feet. Right. Um, and then his short game, right. Uh, I think you mentioned when he chipped in on, on eight, 
um, it really turned the whole day around. He was not playing well up until that point. Uh, it looked like he was probably going to make bogey. Maybe um, uh, Minwoo would have the lead again there. He chips in, birdies the next four, and uh, he really didn't break a sweat doing it. Yeah, I mean, he got into trouble off the tee a few times during the event, but he's so good when he's in trouble. Yeah. Like, you know, like like making that shot, the smart play, uh, you know, going for it when he can from pine needles or wherever he is because mm-hmm. his left is you his miss is usually a, a pull uh and so you know he's he's in, in trees or in woods he finds a way to make the smart play either if he has to lay up he'll lay up and then hit that wedge to whatever five ten feet make that par putt uh or he'll do something spectacular if he sees the opening he's just so good at playing out of trouble um because I mean, yeah. you know when it comes to driving the golf ball He's not as good as Rory. He's not as good as Rom, um, you know, but he gets himself into more trouble than those guys off the tee. But he finds a way to have that not blow back on him where yep. you see guys like Rom and Rory who, you know, occasionally they will hit something wild and then they just can't get back into the get can't get back into the hole. And it's a double, especially Rory. You see that with Rory a lot. Uh with Rom, you know, you can get in that trouble, but he just finds a way out. He's so good at that. Uh it's it's really impressive the run he's going on. Uh, with six victories before his hundredth, but he didn't have his first one until <laughs> his like seventieth or something like that, which yeah. is pretty insane. Uh, personally, for me, uh, I've been on a slump. Definitely, definitely on a little bit of a slump. I think I have to change the way I go about cash in um, these elevated events, mm-hmm. like you know the 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 the, the, the three stud punt sort of combo that I go with normally i think works well in weeks like this like top heavy weaker field events Uh, i think it really does but i think in these elevated events what we've seen somewhat is a a higher six or six percentage a lot higher five or six percentage um and because of that i think i have to go a bit more balanced uh when it comes to these elevated events in cash i can't go you know panty dropping into the low 6k range for a cash you know randomness i mean last week doug yep. sucked right and i was like okay it's like 40 percent chance he makes the cut but i have the other five guys that i really like well one of those guys shit the bed keegan bradley and then i was done for the week and exactly. i had no no outlet no, to go because Gim was probably only like a 40 percent, 30 percent to make the cut at 6100 i was going to take that to have my other five guys um because i thought the upside would be there too and the upside just hasn't been with these guys either they've been finishing I mean, I think I had a couple of top 10s last week, a couple of top 15s, uh, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, so I think that's the way I'm going to go about cash uh, from now on in these elevated fields. In this field this week, we're going the same, three and a punt. We're doing it again. Um, any other strategy tidbits you're seeing in these elevated events that, you, that you're, you're we're sort of getting the hang of now, you know, four, five, six events in? Yeah, I mean, I think last week was a little bit different. Obviously, uh, Rory missing the cut as a very popular play. Rom having to withdraw. Rom, I mean, he shot, what, one under the first day. Uh, ball striking was off the charts. He probably would have been there with Scotty over the weekend. Uh, Scotty was playing well enough that I don't think it probably would have mattered, but you could have seen them one, two very easily. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you for the most part. I, I, you know, I try and avoid the chalk in that sort of mid-7K, low-8K range. Um but uh, I really wasn't shocked by who was up there, right? Scotty was there. Ty Hatton's been playing great. Victor Hovland's been playing great. Um, I did fall into the Keegan Bradley trap as well, unfortunately. So 
Uh, I paired him with Rory as well. So my week was done quickly, but um, no, I think what you're seeing in the elevated events is one or two of those top guys will be there. So I don't think you have to go balanced, but maybe instead of three studs, we do two studs, right? Well, I mean, I'm, by, by balanced, I mean not dredging the 6K range, basically. Uh, you know, uh, trying mm-hmm. to find some, like, hidden gem down there. It worked a couple I'm of weeks ago. I'm doing it this week. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Well, it, wor- it worked a couple of weeks ago with Molinax, but I still didn't win. I had a guy in <laughs> second place in Molinax top 10. Yeah. I had uh, three or four in my cash game. Cornerstones make the cut. Uh, I went five or six, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't cash. <laughs> I didn't even sniff the cash line. I, yeah. I mean that, that that's it's getting a little a lot tougher uh, in these in these cash game streets, especially in these elevated events. That I think I have to switch the strategy around. You know, usually I go like ten k, nine k, nine k, something like that, and then yep. go to like sixty three hundred, and then get like a seventy five hundred dollar golfer and a seventy two hundred dollar golfer. What I think I'm going to have to do is probably go ten k, nine k, eight k, two seven, you know, something like that. Something yep. in that balanced range. And, you know, unless there's someone I love, maybe in the higher 6K range, I can go. But instead of dredging down below, uh, go for guys who've actually, like, done well <laughs> here recently that you can try and find in yeah. that upper 6K range. Probably the smarter way to go. Uh, and it's probably the way it's going to go for me once we get these elevated uh, events back going. I think the next one's match play, right? We got Yeah, we got one next week. And... Uh... And then you get the Masters coming up, and then you get yep. the Heritage right afterwards. You know, yep. it's, so, it's, so. it's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're all coming back. So uh, before we get anything else we want to talk about last week? Um, no, I thought it was good. You know, we saw some names uh, that we didn't expect to see up there early on. You know, Ramey, and he's surprisingly kind of stuck around a little bit, Aaron Rye. But at the end of the day, I mean, we've seen these elevated events. The top guys are winning, so... All right, let's get to the uh, listener league from last week. The winner was Clam Diggerball. Clam Diggerball, I think it's his dog uh, with a frisbee <laughs> as his avatar. So I'm always go. a big fan, always a big fan of dog avatars. Can't can't beat those. Uh, he had Scotty Scheffler, who of course won twenty seven percent on in a in a listener league. Morikawa, who you know had a really strong start, but just sort of plateaued the whole weekend. Couldn't get it done. Twelve percent on. Uh, he finished in, I think, top 10, 13th. Yep. Uh, Hovland, who was one of my cash game cornerstones, he finished in third. Um, he was 23% owned. Hollywood Hoagie, who we both liked, me and Tambo really, really liked him, thought he was going to miss the cut. Uh, and then he just decided to go out there and go ham on Saturday. Another thing about last week, sorry to interrupt Clam Digger Ball, but it just came to my thought. Um, like, And I just lost what I was going to say, so let's just keep going. Um <laughs> Hovland, he had, he had Hollywood Hoagie, who came in, uh, barely made the cut on the number, luckily, uh, and then went ahead. He was about 7% owned, finished in, uh, I don't remember, someplace, third. He finished third as well. Fourth or third, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Keith Mitchell, uh, he was in uh, 17% owned, finished 35th. And Kramer Hickok, uh, who was, that's the low play that I probably should have used. Right there, because I know Ben Coley was on him, and I thought about it for a second. I was like, maybe I should just ride Ben instead of going with a stupid Korean. Should have went with Ben uh, because Kramer Hickok he made the cut, forty fourth place, five percent on. What did you think of the lineup? Yeah, pretty some. I so I played a lot of Hickok. He he seemed like I mean obviously risky, but one of the biggest misprices on the board. I mean he's been making cuts consistently. Iron play has been great, and he was a flat six K. 
Um, you could do whatever you wanted with it. Uh, of course, Clam Diggity uh, was smart enough to play Scotty Scheffler instead of Rory and Rom. So nice job there. Um, but yeah, very solid lineup. I, I whiffed on Hoagie. I have major regrets about that one as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hoagie, Hoagie worked out. I was, I was happy about that. I had some small chances. It was probably my worst week of the year. I think I only got back like 15% of my bankroll. So it was just a horrible, mm. horrible week. But we move on. It's been like that for the last month. Tambo at least is winning. So yeah. So that so we, we got that going for us and hopefully we can break out of the slump and see what happens. Let's get to this week. Uh the PGA Tour moves to Tampa Bay this week for the Valspar Championship, which will be played uh on the Copperhead Resort at Innisbrook Resort. Plenty of course history here. Uh the tournament's been played at this at this um venue since 2000. This course is Routinely one of the hardest on tour, ranking in the top five most difficult courses year in and year out. Uh, weather and wind can play a factor. I haven't even looked yet. I've been sort of under the weather today. Uh, so it's been tough sledding with work and all this stuff. But I have gotten a little bit of research in. I just couldn't get that. I didn't look at the weather. Uh, you know, so the weather does play a part uh, in this event. I mean, last year we had 10 to 20 miles per hour. We had almost 30 mile per hour gusts. You know, something like that happens this week. You're going to see single digit uh, under par, probably win. Um, so, you know, it, the thing is the rain can also affect it. It can make the course a little bit softer, a little bit easier to play. Uh, so that's something to really keep an eye on as the week goes on. It is Monday at like, you know, eight o'clock when we're recording this. So you know, I always think it's really too early to look at weather, but like Wednesday night, double check it. All these Florida courses, always double check mm-hmm. the weather, see if there's any wave stacks, see if you can find your advantage and do your thing. Um, now a couple of, um, a couple of trends, like 13 of the last, uh, 14 of the last 15 winners here had a top 10 during the season leading up to their victory at Copperhead. So at some point in time in the fall or early in the winter, the guy had a top 10. So not many guys going out here with like no form at all. Uh, you know, like we sort of saw last week, there were guys that on the top of the leaderboard that, you know, had missed like five cuts in a row and stuff like that. Uh, I put a note in the play in, in my, in my article while watching, it was like roster, all good golfers who have, been playing poorly recently uh, it just seems to work at the players for some reason i don't know why <laughs> all right so let's get to the meat of the course the copyright course 7300 plus yard par 71 five par threes four par fives the course is usually like i said one of the most difficult par 71 tracks on tour it's known for the snake pit 16 17 18 really really tough holes the leader the winner will, will come to who plays those three holes the best especially on sunday a uh, hole 16 is always uh, one of my favorite holes. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a dog leg right off the tee with water lining the entire right side uh, of the hole. And on the left side, um, you got, you know, your your bunkers uh, and trees and stuff like that. And so, you know, always a tough, tough hole. and One of my favorites to watch. I do like this course a lot. You know, like you'll see some crazy shit happen uh, on that hole. I mean, Charles Schwartz, I think like six or seven years ago, um, you know, he won the event, hit an iron off the tee, leaving like 220 yards uh, for his approach. He made par. Uh, you know, Bill Haas had a perfect three-wood, short-sided his approach, leading to a bogey and eventual loss uh, in a playoff. Uh, routinely, 16 is one of the hardest holes on the course and one of the most difficult holes on tour. Copperhead, deceptively long. Uh, four of the five par threes are over 200 yards. All the par fives are over 550 yards, and only one par four is under 420 yards. Add the fact that the driver off the tee, not a good play on most holes. 
Uh, and the course becomes really a daunting task, placement, uh, you know, and long iron play. Placement off the tee and long iron play, that's what's going to be important. Now, off the tee, golfers will be challenged with tight tree-lined fairways, massive dog legs, thick rough, elevation changes, many bunkers, and water in play in about five holes. Uh, the fairways are average in size but tend to get more narrow the farther you get from the tee box. Uh, most fairways on the course get extremely narrow at about the 300-yard mark off the tee. Uh, now, because of this, the average driving distance is copperhead, one of the shortest on tour, routinely ranking in the bottom bottom 10, bottom 12 uh, for driving accuracy, uh, you know, each year, year in and year out. Actually, bottom six. Uh, precision and placement, more important than length, and driver is left in the bag for many golfers on a majority of holes. Uh, the greens are usually firm and are average in speed, 11 to 12 on a stimp, unless you land the ball above the hole, since most greens here slope from back to front. Uh, the greens are average in size when you take into account only square footage, but it'll look much smaller to the tour players because they'll be hitting mid to long irons on their approach shots for the majority of the holes. There's also some very long, skinny putting surfaces, which skews the average size of the greens, uh, the par 3 fourth and the par 3 14th. They come to mind as greens that are very long, uh, but the landing area by the pin is usually very tight in width. Um, as with most courses in Florida, the grass and the greens, you'll be Bermuda grass, but it is overseeded with a little bit of POA. And there have been instances where the POA has been dormant um, at this event. I haven't heard that yet, so I'm thinking it's still going to be overseeded with POA. It just depends on the weather down there, I guess, how hot it's been. Um, but, uh, you know, from what I've heard, it's still POA overseeded. Basically, exactly what we saw last week and almost the same as what we saw at uh, the Waste Management, those type of greens. Um, Ryan, what are you looking for this week in golfers? That was great. Uh, so it has been, I'm in South Florida, but it has been exceptionally hot uh, in Florida. I, I assume it's about, it's been that way in the Tampa area as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I think the course on paper is definitely longer than people give it credit for, right? But on that same note, you're not going to hit a lot of drivers. It's going to play pretty firm. It's typically pretty windy. So it it really does play more like a less than driver golf course. So, you know, anybody using their yardage filters, you know, fantasy national yardage, like I don't mind looking at short golf courses, right? Um, now the iron play is obviously going to stand out here above everything else. You do have to drive it well. So um, I think anytime we come here, I always look at the driving uh, stroke scan off the tee on these less than driver golf courses. And so kind of look at RSM and look at Harbor town and look at colonial. I think those are going to be pretty good markers. And um, I think colonial is probably my favorite just in terms of the overlap there. And you don't really have to go much further than last year when Burns beat Davis Riley in a playoff and look at colonial Burns won in a playoff over Scheffler, but it was Davis Riley who had a two shot lead on the back nine on Sunday. So um that's kind of what I'm looking for this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, we'll see about that with, with Colonial. If you like Colonial, let's just go to the top. In this 10K range, I'm going to go ahead and go – first, couple of questions for you uh, when we get to this 10K range. First, who are you playing? Second, mm -hmm. is it possible to fade this entire range? Because I could find flaws in each and every one of these four guys. JT, is, is Iron Game – Still good, can't putt. Yep. So, uh, Jordan Spieth, can't putt. Um, Sam Burns, going through some swing adjustments. Um, you know, started off strong last week, faded really bad the two weeks prior, 
And then you got Fitzpatrick, who's lost strokes with his approaches in seven of his last eight events. Um, yeah. Who, who do you go up here? Um, Burns. <laughs> I'm not. So I'm not going to overthink it. And quite honestly, with how bad he's been the last couple of months, I do not think he's going to be the most popular player up here. Right. And if you would have asked us uh, six, seven, eight weeks ago, he would have been probably 11-5 and the most expensive guy in this field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Justin Thomas would be higher owned than him. I think Jordan Spieth would be higher owned than him. So uh, I'll be playing Fitz and I'll be playing Burns. Um, look so at what so Burns so did so Try to Sunday. sell me on Fitz, please. Because seven yeah. losing strokes with his irons in seven of his last eight events on an approach-heavy golf course where the second shot is the most important shot, sell me on Fitz. I mean, at the end of the day, he's probably the third or fourth best player in this field. He and he's not going to be popular, right? He's got, okay. um, it's a perfect course fit for him. He plays in Florida. He lives in Florida. He's used to this. He didn't make the cut last week, but it's not like he was terrible, right? I think he missed by one or two. Um, he finished fifth here last year and he did everything well. I think he might've even lost a little bit putting, but he gained in every other category here last year. Um, he's due for a get right spot. Like, I know that the iron play hasn't been good, but, like, we know what Fitz does. He drives it very well, and now he drives it long. He hits his irons well. He putts well. He chips well. And if the conditions get tough, he's the guy that I want up here. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I can't – I don't know if I can get off speed. I, so I don't speed, know. Speed may be twice as owned as Fitz this week, for one, right? Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people betting him. He faded last weekend, right? He definitely, yeah. like – you thought he might contend and he might do well and he made some putts and he hit some shots, but he, had, he did a lot of bad stuff. Um, and he's got the course history to an extent. He obviously won here, but speak one here in 2015. He was, he was Superman in 2015. Um, he's only played here once in the last five years. And he missed the cut. So I don't know if I'm uh, leading into that course history very much. He's going to Dallas for the match play, or to Austin next week for a match. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the spot for speed there. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I really don't know what to do up top. Uh, I mean, it, it, is JT going to be low owned? No, I think he's no, going to be not. higher than Burns. Yeah, you think so? I do. We'll, and we'll again, that could change throughout the week. But like, yeah, I don't think people want to play Burns. Yeah, I might have to go play Sam. I, 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 it was hard for me to pick between the top three. I wasn't going to play Fitz, but if he's going to be like nine percent owned, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe, maybe we got to, you know what I'm saying? Just because uh, you're right. He is the third or fourth, best. even with his iron struggles, he is still the third or fourth best player in this field. I like the way you talked yeah. about that. So might've turned my, my thoughts the way around. I like this nine K range. Yeah. Uh, three of my cash game cornerstones are going to be in this range. And one of my bets, if Tommy's ever going to fucking win an event, this could be it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This is it. If Tommy's ever going to win a fucking event, this is it. This type of field, he doesn't have to deal with all the fucking studs above him. Um, he is more talented than 98% of the guys in this field. Mm-hmm. If he's going to win one, this is here. You know what I'm saying? His iron game has been fine. His long irons are good. Uh, you know, not that many bogeys. Uh, plenty of birdies. Par 3 scoring is, is, is great. And you got five of those uh, this week. First cash game cornerstones going to be Tommy Fleetwood. Next, it's going to be right under him. And I think I'm, I might be going off the board a little bit because I don't think these guys are going to be super chalky. Justin Rose, um, mm. with a really nice performance last week, you know he's extremely motivated 
to make this Ryder Cup team. He needs at least one more win. Maybe he's, he's already on the team. You uh, you think as a, a captain's choice? Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't know that. I'm, uh, unless <laughs> unless Luke is like, yo, you got this already. He's, you know he's what I'm very saying? close with Luke Donald. I would, yeah, 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 he's got to yeah, be on you, that team. Yeah. You would think so, but I mean, if he plays like dog shit for the rest of the year, yeah, you know, it's going to make it hard for Luke to go ahead and do this. If there are boys, you know, Rose wants to make this choice easy for his boy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it, and it's not like he's playing poorly. He won four weeks ago, uh, three events ago, top ten last week. Uh, you know, if you just look at him, uh, again, long iron play, well above average, par five scoring and par three scoring, second best in the field combined. Yeah. Uh, and you're getting nine of those holes this week, second best in the field combined behind my third quarter, third cash game cornerstone, Adam Hadwin, who is mm. the best at par fives and par threes in this field, strokes game, par five, strokes game, par threes in this field uh, in the last 50 rounds. He is the best. He has that course history here. He's played well here in the past. Uh, so those three guys are the guys I'm going up top for my cash game cornerstones. Um, and then after that, I mean, do we have to play Davis Riley? No, I don't think so. Not at the price. I mean, I bet him and it was more of, I don't want to play a 9K chalk Davis Riley here. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be exceptionally popular this week. Sounds good. I got a word from uh, if you're in the Tampa area this week um, and you want to go to a irreputable gentleman's club, check out Bear Assets right off the highway. Let's just say it's not your typical strip club. When you walk in, it's dirty, but it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. If you're in the Tampa Bay area, go check out Bear Assets uh, if you're going to go to the event. So anybody else in this 9K range, who do you like? No, I think, yeah. I mean, on paper, I don't think anybody rates out better than Justin Rose. Um, I think, again, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the wear and tear. He's kind of looking forward to what's coming next with the match play, with the Masters especially. Um, but on paper, he's the best fit. Um, I'm with you a lot on on Adam Hadwin. Um, was very, I played a lot of him last week, main slate showdown across the board. I wasn't worried about the missed cut at, at the API. Um, I was very encouraged by what I saw. It has the course history here, um, has the colonial connection too. He's played very well there. Um, I will have a lot of Adam Hadwin this week for sure. Well, that's good. And that makes me feel a little bit better about my cash game cornerstones because I was struggling. I was struggling a little bit trying to, trying to come up with it. Let's go to this 8K range. I mean, Justin saw. But one thing I don't understand, why Minwoo Lee is not playing this week? Because I so, thought with his driving iron and the way that he shapes the balls, yeah, I thought I thought this course would be perfect for him. So I think with him, right, he's in next week already. He's yeah. in the match play. So he's kind of got that to look forward to. And I think, honestly, it's he's in the top 50 now. So, so he doesn't have to play these events. He does not have to play them if he wants to get into the Masters, which I think yeah. is the ultimate goal. Now, I think he also wants PJ Tour membership, right? I think yeah. he's just hoping he's hoping that he's going to play well at the match play. He'll probably get a sponsor's exemption into Valero if he wants it, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, he's just gearing up for the masters. Well, I mean, he needed to finish fourth by himself last week to get that special membership and, yep. you know, sort of, sort of blew it there at the end uh, after coming back a little bit uh, on the back nine. Yeah. Um, but you know, another fellow Asian, uh, <laughs> Justin Sa, yep. uh up top, you got to think of wins coming for this guy. I mean, this guy was, 
coming out with Hovland, Morikawa, all those guys, like, you know, this is the crew, and he's been the late bloomer. Uh, what do you expect from Justin Suh now and in the future? Uh, yeah, he's great. Um, I've been very impressed by his play the last month. Uh, I bet him a lot last year on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he could not win until the Corn Ferry Finals, when, of course, I did not bet him. Um, but I did bet him this week. I, I, you know, I wouldn't have thought Florida golf would suit his game too well, but did it at Honda. Uh, he did it last week. Like I've seen plenty. So, uh, all in on, on Sud this week. Yeah. Uh, who else in this nine, in this AK range? I know your guy at 8,600, right? So, I mean, I pretty much bet this range and I, I, I could have bet Wyndham Clark as well, but I didn't. Um, I think he suits this course really well, but, um, I bet Riley, I bet, Suh, I bet Woodland, I bet Brandon Wu, um, but I, I see the argument for Ben Griffin and Taylor Moore as well. Um, I'm not going to end up there. So I will have probably, so would be number one, Woodland would be number two, and Brandon Wu would be number three. Yeah, I like so. He's probably my favorite play uh, in this range. He went over it. The guy's a stud. He's going to be a winner on tour, a multiple-time winner yeah. on tour, no doubt in my mind. The guy's got skill. It just took him a little bit longer mm-hmm. uh, to get that confidence up, to, to be out there with the big boys and feels like he belongs. And he belongs. Uh, he's going to be just. He's going to be just fine. Um, and then you know, I, I like I like Taylor Moore. I've always been a big fan of him, uh, especially because of his long iron play. Uh, really good from one seventy five plus. Uh, you get him out there well above average from one seventy five plus, and you're going to see, I don't know, close to half the t- half half the approaches coming from that range. Yeah. Um. So big fan of Taylor Moore. Uh, yeah, these guys up top. I mean, Wyndham Clark makes sense, but Son Moore, probably my two favorites. Now let's go down to the seven K range. Go ahead, start us off. Who do you like? So, Jaeger is showing up on paper. I I do not play that guy. Um, so I would easily pivot to Victor Perez, my old Euro friend. Uh, he's playing great this year. Um, Explain. We we, have, we probably have some guys, some people who listen who don't pay attention to DB2 World Tour at all. Tell me about Victor Perez. So Victor Perez has kind of kind of come into his own the last couple of years. Um, he is probably going to get that that one automatic spot for the Ryder Cup team from the European points list. So you'll expect to see him there. Uh, people may remember he finished fourth at the match play a couple of years ago, and that was sort of the first time people had seen him. Um, he does a lot well. He is actually a great putter, especially by like Euro Tour standards. Um, he hits it plenty long and is a really solid iron player. So, I mean, there's always risk when these guys hop over here and play for the first time each year, but um, he's a very, very solid player. So I have some interest there. And this um, course similar to some Euro courses that they play. It's not this wide open bomb and gouts type thing that we see on the, on the, on the PGA tour often mm-hmm. is more similar to a European course, more actually more similar to a Carolina course. If you really <laughs> think about it, I mean, you don't see courses yeah. like this in Florida uh, that often. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'll just say like, if your guys are looking at, at eight foot par putts, I will take Victor Perez over 85% of this field. So um, he would be a very low on play there um, on paper. I think again, Johnny Vegas, uh, he makes a lot of sense. He failed miserably as, as chalk last week. Um, I think that may scare some people away. He's not my favorite play, but he could still get some ownership. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to basically skip all of these guys and go down into like that low seven range where um, I like Pearson Cootie, who we've seen a few times. Very happy to go back to David Lingmurth. 
very happy to go back to Eric Cole, very happy to go back to Kramer Hickok, just guys who have done it for multiple weeks at a time instead of just kind of looking at one round or one event. No, I got it. What about Ludwig Aberg? The guy really showed up the last time we saw him. Number yep. one amateur. I don't know if he's number one anymore. He might be number two. He's number two top, now, I think. Yeah, yeah, one of the top amateur players in the world. Really showed off the last time. I mean, he was in contention. I forget what event it was, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it was an elevated event, uh, and he was in contention. Yeah, Bay Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this guy's good. Uh, any interest? I'm interested in playing him. Yeah, I think he's a little overpriced here. Like when we played him at, at, at API, he was 6,300, right? Yeah, so yeah, pretty yeah. big price jump. Um, he I mean, putted, he finished top 10 in an elevated event. You're going to go off. He putted his probably, ass right? off that week. Yeah. Not that he's yeah. a bad putter by any means, but I think I'll probably stay away at uh, the price tag here this week. Well, I like Ash K. Back to you. Nice little yep. uh, top with second or third over in Puerto Rico uh, last yep. week. Uh, you know, the guys, the kids got massive talent. Uh, $7,500 seem, does not seem unreasonable uh, for him. So I, I I like Jaeger up top. Tambo's always a big fan of yeah. Jaeger. I try to listen to Tambo as much as possible, except when I'm arguing against him. Like what I don't so. understand about Jaeger <laughs> is he always pops. And like, even the weeks where he's playing well, at the end of the week, he's like T52. And you're yeah, like, it's weird, right? What yeah, happened? <laughs> that is strange, but he does... Uh, you know, you're right about that. One of these days is going to break through. The price tag might be a little steep. Yeah. Might be a little steep uh, for him. Um, other guys down below. I mean, I like your Pearson Cootie call. Uh, Sam Ryder seems to look like a, another guy who's you know has a good long irons uh, in his game. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had that nice little run um, a month, month and a half, two months ago. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I like I like Ryder. Uh, a lot. Uh, uh, Neesmith, again, stats are going to look like great for him, but also the course yeah. history here has been really, really strong. Um, I don't have a problem with using him in cash uh, this week as like your second lowest guy. Um, so, I mean, I don't hate that. Nick Hardy is another guy who really uh, sort of pops for me uh, this week. Again, above average in basically everything. Really good at par threes. Par fives are well above average. Top 10 in proximity from 200 yards plus. Um, you know, he hasn't been playing great, but he hasn't, he's not, he, he hasn't been playing great, but at yeah. this price tag, you know, I could go ahead and take the risk just because of how I see his overall game. Uh, anybody else in the seven K range before we move on? Yeah. Again, like I'm going all the way down, right? Like I would rather gamble on sort of the long-term uh, ball striker. So I mentioned Kramer Hickok. He's been playing really well. I do not mind Luke list this week. I think, that potentially makes some sense here. And, and Wyndham Clark, Luke List, Wyndham Clark, Gary Woodland are all three guys who bomb the ball. Yeah. Who tend to play less than driver courses pretty fucking well. It's yeah. weird and, for those three. And yeah, I, I I think they all make a lot of sense. The only other one that that I will mention here, uh, I put out a tweet yesterday about how terrible Kevin Kisner's been playing. So um he like can't break 80 right now. It's exactly why he's going to finish like six this week. So yeah, uh, no, right. Yeah, uh, fade me, play some Kevin Kisner. Uh, Molinax, uh, probably the best with his long irons in this yeah. field. Uh, it, I mean, I, he had the top ten a couple weeks ago at Bay Hill. Um, uh, yeah, I'll play. I'll play him. It's uh, tough, this- you know. There's some guys that seem like they make a lot of sense here, like him, who have yeah. horrible course history. Like you mentioned, yeah. Sam Ryder. He's gone sixty-eight miscut, miscut, miscut. Like this seems yeah. like it should be a good spot for them. So well, uh, when I'm looking at GPPs, I, I tend to look less at course history. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for cash, I'm looking at it. But, you know, I do too, but if you're if missing three or four well, straight cuts. That is you know. true. I understand that. But, I mean, you, you know, I mean, like Cantley last week missed three straight cuts of the players when in the top ten now, the different yeah. level of golfer. Yeah, Granted, I care a lot less about Cantley's courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diff, different level. But, you know, these guys, they're not like they're on tour. They're good players. They're yeah. playing well leading up to the event. I'll give them a chance, especially if people look at the course history and decide not to play him and you get him at slightly reduced ownership. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the 6K range. I'll go with my final cash game, Cornerstone. I had a really hard time. It was either going to be Dylan Wu, who's made four straight cuts in a row, or Luke Donald, who's made two of his last three cuts and has made like nine of his last ten cuts here in course history. And I'm going course history because it's cash. Okay, nice. I'm going Luke Donald. Uh, at $6,800, I just need him to make the cut, which he does every year at this event. He's made, I think, two of his last three cuts. Um, I, I was looking over uh, at his numbers, and they haven't been, like, exceedingly horrible. You know, uh, his iron game, he's gained almost nine strokes with his irons in his last three events uh, yeah. on tour. And it's not like those events have been, like, a long time ago. It's like Genesis Honda, Arnold Palmer. Uh, those those three courses, he gained almost like eight and a half, almost nine strokes with his irons. You know this is a second shot course. Yeah. Um, and then you have him making every cut but one in the last decade, plus winning here, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years ago. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have him as my final <laughs> cash game cornerstone, and I don't mind that play. Uh, so my, my cash game cornerstones for this week, they're going to be Fleetwood, yeah. At uh, 9,900, if I'm not mistaken. Let me get the screen back up here. So Fleetwood uh, at 9,900, 9,800, sorry. Justin Rose at 9,600. Adam Hadwin at 9,200. And Luke Donald at 6,800. It leaves like 14,6, 14,7 to fill out the rest of your lineups. Uh, now, other guys down here in this 6K range that I can give a look at. I did speak about Dylan Wu, who, who's made four straight cuts in a row. Um, you know, and, and then you got to go Kevin Roy. I don't know. He's, he's been, his irons have been decent here recently. I mean, he's yep. made like one of his last three cuts, but like his irons have been strong throughout. Um, Wesley Bryan, first top 10 in like God knows how long. Uh, last week at the Puerto Rico Open, you know, his strength is, is his approach game. Give him a chance. Maybe he can go on a little bit of a heater. Anybody else you see in the 6K range because it's looking rough. So I actually, so I don't mind the Luke Donald thing. Um, don't know if I have the stomach for cash. I will throw you a little curveball and say for course form, course fit, recent form, you just want a made cut. Zach Johnson for the same price, maybe even a little bit better than Luke Donald. Uh, you may stomach it a little better than Luke Donald. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would look at that one. Um, I, I'm also on uh, Dylan Wu. Uh, bet him in uh, Puerto Rico last week. Uh, I'm not going to stop now. I think it's a great course fit. And I think he is fairly significantly underpriced from where he should be in this field. Um, not underpriced, but I do like Roy also. I did bet him at Puerto Rico last week. He was okay, not great. Um, but I'll tell you, I think my favorite play this week could do it in cash. Um, definitely going to do it in my single entry stuff is Austin Smotherman. Uh, the iron play has come back and these are definitely the types of courses you want to play Smotherman on iron play, uh, long irons. You don't need to make 40 birdies to win this week. His the top 10, 
in proximity from 200 plus. His ball striking last week at the players was awesome. Um, Played really well all week. And I believe he finished 25th here last year, his first appearance. So um, I would expect him to be right in the top 20 this week. So give me Austin Smotherman. I think he's 6,600. Yeah. I just clicked his name. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I'll be playing him as well. Yeah. Um, anybody else we need to talk about before we move on? Um, I don't. Let me take a look here real quick. So Kyle Stanley will probably make the cut. Um, <laughs> take me the guy. God, I, I can't. I, is he still playing? He I didn't popped, even know he was still playing. He popped at, at, at Honda with the iron play. It was like off the charts. Like he gained like five strokes approach and then. There were some people who bet him for the Puerto Rico Open there, and he played okay, not great. Uh, but I think he can make this cut as well. But uh, no, there's there's not much else down there this week. Yeah, not much. Let's go to our bets. Why don't you go ahead and start? Uh, yeah. So uh, kind of as I mentioned, peppered that sort of eight to nine k range. So I have uh, Davis Riley and Justin Su at forty to one. Uh, Gary Woodland at forty five. Brandon Wu at sixty six. Kramer Hickok at 150 and Austin Smotherman at a very generous 230 to one. Nice. So I only have three bets right now because I want to start doing each ways. And so I signed up for the site that's open 365 days a year. It's a good site. I'm having trouble depositing money Mm. into it. So I have not made those each way bets yet. Uh, So the only bets that I've made so far are Tommy Fleetwood at 25 to one, Justin Mm -hmm. Suh, and um, Riley at 35 to one. And then I'm going to throw some, at least three or four long shots in there. And I'm going to try my each way game. As long as that site allows me to deposit. I don't know what's going on. I signed up today. They're not letting me deposit. Can't you so, get into that, that, uh, that other site uh, down by the river at this? Uh, okay. Yeah. Do they, do they, do they do? Uh, they each do each ways, ways well? too. You get six places there too, and I I think you can bet it either in Virginia or in Maryland. I don't you know. You can in Virginia. I've seen it. I've seen ads for it. And that I one think, you can probably uh, I think get for money 365, on. Three six five. You can go up to twelve spots. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Eight twelve. Yeah, yeah, but then they cut the odds pretty dramatically. Like I yeah. like. Yeah, I kind of like that rivers because. I feel like six is a good spot. It's just a little more than five. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you on that. Yeah. I might have to check that out. If, if they don't let me deposit, uh, I'll go to that site. Yeah. Uh, because I think I'm going to start each race. I think this is a perfect event for it. I mean, you've seen some, you know, favorites win this event. I mean, it's going to happen. But you've seen some some longer shot guys, too, back in the day. Uh, you yeah. know, recently it's just been sort of the top guys. But you know, this type of course, this difficulty, I think you could see someone uh, from the back go out and get it done, especially since there's no Rom, there's no Scheffler, there's no Rory, uh, yep. you know, with this field, uh, I think you can go and, and make those type of bets. And, and I'm pretty sure I will. I have, I, I'll finalize that uh, in my article on Gup's Corner. One and done. One and done. Um, I definitely haven't used him yet, so I'm just, I'm just gonna use burn <laughs> i'm not i was yeah, thinking not i was thinking that. i was thinking burns or fleetwood um I, I i i just have a feeling about tommy this week if he's gonna well, win i just one. don't think you're gonna want to use burns anywhere else like yeah you like you may get to the point later in the year like at the open championship you're like oh i've used all my studs let me play tommy or something like the scottish open but uh yeah i'm 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 definitely not saving burns for anything so i hear you on that all right so why don't you go tell everyone where they can find you there Yep. So uh, Golflandia podcast, we will hopefully be back up and running soon. Um, I'm on Twitter, 
uh, our bear off 427 VMs are always open and uh, yeah, let's have a week, man. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gups Corner. All right. We're DGENs, you know, not the feel, not the best field, but we deal with it. We work with it. We grind. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGEN Nation. Go to Bear Assets in Tampa. It's the shit. Trust me. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking pennies.